aside to make the crunch time plays. Now your host, Bennett Gainey. Crunch, crunch, crunch time plays. This is Pat Smith from Three Man Front, and you're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin with Sports Illustrated's Dogs Daily. You're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Tara Talmadge with the Pig Trail Nation, and you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, it's Jim Dunaway from the next round, and when it comes down to the final ticks on the clock, always look for Crunch Time Plays. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Crunch Time Recap, recapping everything that happened in week 13 in college football right here on Crunch Time Place. Thanks so much for hopping in, whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks so much. Make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're here. And, and our graphics department, just before we begin the recap, our graphics department's been so busy this week with all the coaching carousel moves, early signing day being two weeks away, all the recruiting announcements going on the transfer portal going on that the show has kind of taken a little step back uh here this week so that's why we're a little bit late uh, with the crunch time recap this week but better better late than never is what we always say so thanks so much for hopping in going to try to make it worth your while even though it is just a a little bit late but going to go ahead and, and dive right in and then we'll save the housekeeping stuff uh for the middle of the show but as we dive into the recap here clemson 30 in the Palmetto Bowl, South Carolina, nothing. Clemson takes home the Palmetto Bowl for the seventh straight year. And really this game was just a, a matchup of, of Clemson being able to, to run the football and, and South Carolina not being able not being able to run at Clemson, averaging 6.2 yards a carry. Uh, Will Shipley over 120 yards rushing, and especially in the first half, South Carolina was just unable to, to stop the run. And then offensively, Clemson's defense obviously is elite. They're one of the best in the country, but they had started to get a little bit healthy towards the end of the year. So South Carolina really just didn't really have any chance uh, offensively with the way that offense has been going this year. And so Clemson with the 30 to nothing victory takes home the Palmetto Bowl. And, you know, really you can't – it doesn't – it doesn't take much to, to figure out what won this game. Clemson 6.2 yards per carry for the Tigers. So they were in so many second and shorts, third and shorts, being able to move the chains, obviously hit some explosive runs. Shipley hit that one explosive run uh, for a touchdown. So just South Carolina unable to, to stop the run on defense and unable to get anything going on offense, running the football or through the air. Clemson's obviously – we. As much as their offense had struggled up to the latter part of the season, their defense had always been there. Their defense had always been elite. So a 30 to nothing victory for the Tigers. And one thing I will say about, about Clemson is their running back room. I don't think that CJ Spiller got the credit that he deserves for the how uh, the running back room performed in the latter part of the season because in the first part of the season, you had all the adversity in the running back room. You had Lynn J. Dixon transfer out. You had Michael Dukes transfer out. But for C.J. Spiller to be able to keep that group together with Shipley and Pace and Maffa, uh, those three guys were really vital. All three of them were vital coming down the stretch for the Tigers, especially Shipley and being able to run the football. Their offensive line got a lot more continuity in it towards the latter part of the season, and the offense really 
I was starting to improve running the football. So a lot of credit to C.J. Spiller for being able to keep that running back room together. Obviously, his first year coaching college football, we all know the career that he had uh, with the Tigers, but his ability to be able to keep that group together and uh, Coach Sweeney for being able to keep the whole team together uh, through a down season, nine and three. Obviously thought that, that Dabo probably uh, deserved as ACC Coach of the Year uh, this year. Obviously that went to Dave Clawson, so congratulations to him. What a year that Wake Forest had and what a year that Sam Hartman had uh, at quarterback. So a lot of credit to Clemson uh, for the way they performed in the latter part of the season and, and the way they performed on Saturday night against the Gamecocks, 30 to nothing was that final. But South Carolina, we did want to focus on them for just a second. I know the we have a lot of South Carolina fans that listen to this, and South Carolina fans, we're you know, everybody so excited about Shane Beamer coming in uh, this year. And you know, for a team that has won – for a team that had won four games in 2019, two games in 2020, the recruiting momentum leading into the season was spectacular. So many commitments for Carolina. They've been able to hold on to all of them uh, through the season. So a lot of credit to Coach Beamer and that entire staff for, for the recruiting effort. But sometimes focus on the team aspect here for South Carolina. For South Carolina – as a team and for the players in the locker room, you're coming off of 2019 where you went four and eight. And then in 2020, you went two and eight with the all SEC 10 game schedule. It would have been very easy for the players not to, to buy into what Shane Beamer and his staff were selling to them, especially during the summer, during spring practice, during the summer leading into the season. And for the players to to buy in to that, to what Shane Beamer and his staff were selling, sometimes it is true, whether you're a college football player, it's true any portion in life. When you're out, South Carolina was coming off a four-win season and a two-win season, and the locker room was hurt, fractured locker room. And Shane Beamer and that staff coming in had no idea what to expect. But for that staff to be able to do what they did, for Coach Beamer to be able to do what he did, sometimes it's a player and anybody in life, everybody should be able to relate to this. Anytime that you're going through adversity, anytime that you're fractured or hurt, especially the way South Carolina players were coming off four-win season in 2019, a two-win season in 2020, Sometimes all you need is for somebody to believe in you and for you to believe in them. Some, sometimes all you need is for somebody to, to take a chance on you and to believe in you, to believe that you are capable of greater things than your adversity is telling you that you are. And that's exactly what Shane Beamer and that entire staff did at South Carolina this year. They came in and they said, we were a two-win team last year, but we are creating a culture of positivity, a culture of positive energy, a culture of love. And above all else is one of the statements they have. And for them to be able to go out and, and do what they did, 
kudos to all of that. Kudos to all of them because they were able to, to do something that not a lot of people outside of that South Carolina program thought they could do. The over-under was four, four and a half, some cases three and a half wins uh, for South Carolina this year. And sometimes all that you need is for somebody to believe in you uh, as a person and as a college football player. And that's exactly what Shane Beamer and that entire staff did. And hats off to that entire staff, hats off to Coach Beamer, and hats off to the players for buying into what that staff was selling and for not giving up in any game this year because they were down in so many games this year and they never gave up, never gave in. And that's a credit to the culture and the surrounding uh, that Shane Beamer and his staff are building there in Columbia, South Carolina. So hats off to them. Ole Miss 31, Mississippi State 21 in the Egg Bowl. And we talked about, you and I have talked about speed and power with Ely and Parrish and Snoop Connor and that Ole Miss backfield. And really this game came down to Ole Miss being able to run the football because the rainy weather kind of disproportionately impacted Mississippi State. They had a lot of drop passes. Mississippi State, obviously, with Mike Leach, is not a team that you think is going to run the ball very much. So for Ole Miss, the run game was obviously key and the speed and power that we've been talking about. Obviously, Parrish was a non-factor. We had two carries for five yards, but Ely and Connor – Ely the speed and Connor the power had very similar numbers on Thanksgiving night in the Egg Bowl. Connor with two touchdowns. As we pull up the crunch time players for this week, Snoop Connor is one of the crunch time players for week 13 in college football. The two touchdowns were the key for Ole Miss to get the victory there in the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night against Mississippi State. So, go back to what we talked about all year for Ole Miss, especially in the later part of the season, as you and I have been talking about throughout the show, speed and power. That was the key for Ole Miss, Ely, Parrish, and Connor. And they finally found the right mix because in their SEC losses went over, they weren't using Connor very much. They weren't using the power. But in the SEC wins, which they were able to accomplish on Thanksgiving night, in Starkville in the Egg Bowl and throughout the latter part of the season, throughout November, late part of October, they started to complement uh, those backs. They started to use the speed, started to use more of the power and Snoop Connor, and that's what enabled them to be able to run the football so well uh, to be able to get those wins. And the defense really stepping up as well. Ended up giving up only 25 points a game, and that was huge considering where they were uh, last year in points per game given up in the 40s. And so DJ Durkin and, and that defensive staff, they deserve uh, kudos and a major, major shout out for what they were able to do this season as well. And, and Sam Williams, the defensive end, led the SEC in sacks. Chance Campbell, well, they were able to pick up in the transfer portal with Chance Campbell. And Mark Robinson, the linebacker. Springer, they, they were able to do uh, so much. Jaheim Otis is another guy that really stepped up in the later part of the season. So all credit to DJ Durkin and that defensive staff and, and all credit to Lane Kiffin and that entire Ole Miss football team, 10 win regular season, the most regular season wins in program history. The first time that that had ever been done winning 10 games in the regular season at Ole Miss. So huge shout out to, 
to Lane Kiffin and that entire football team for what they were able to do, uh, not only against Mississippi State, but throughout the entire regular season, a 10 and 2, 10 regular season wins. Uh, kudos to them. And before I move on to the Iron Bowl, I did want to touch on you and I have been talking about the Heisman race some this year. Haven't talked, haven't spent too much time on it. But if you remember after when Ole Miss played Tennessee, we were talking about Matt Corral. And we we're talking about how he deserved to win the Heisman. And he just continued to do that the rest of the year. We listed the reasons why. And the Heisman votes have obviously gone out. We want to see what everybody does in championship weekend, but got to start the campaign now since the Heisman votes have already gone out. Matt Corral for Heisman. Get it started. We're, you know, you and I have talked about it, that we are endorsing Matt Corral for Heisman on this show because not only the stats speak for themselves, and, and that's what I know a lot of people look at. They look at the stats and, and Matt Corral, they speak for themselves. But what doesn't speak for itself is the impact that he has on the field, not only when he's playing offense at an extremely high level, but the impact that he has throughout the entire team. And that's one of the reasons why I think the defense really performs so well down the stretch is because the leadership on that football team, the leadership of Matt Corral, that's not something that's going to show up in the stat sheet in the box score, but that's something that you, when you turn on Ole Miss, when you, when you, when you're an Ole Miss fan and you're at their games, that's something that you resonate with. That's something that you notice. And Matt Corral is a, is able to do that in an extremely high level and the stats speak for themselves and then combined all the stats with his leadership ability, taking Ole Miss to heights they'd never been to before, 10 regular season wins, most in program history. Matt Corral uh, should win the Heisman and, and deserves to win the Heisman. And you got to start the campaign now. So I know Ole Miss has the, the Heisman uh, hashtag with the two instead of the S. Got to make sure you keep getting that trended on social media and make sure that you – are voting for Matt Corral. If you're a Heisman voter, make sure that you are voting for Matt Corral for the Heisman. We're, we got to got to start off this campaign right since the Heisman votes have already gone out. Alabama survives Auburn 24 to 22 in the Iron Bowl in quadruple overtime. And I don't know if you've noticed, but Nick Saban is he lauded his team uh, after the game, talking about how. They fought to the very end, and, and he was so proud of them. And, and I know the average college football fan, the average Alabama fan might look at that and say, oh, wow, we only beat Auburn by two. Oh, Alabama only beat Auburn by two, a, a team that they're definitely better than, a team that they're a superior to. And, yes, that is true. But that is looking at it from the standpoint of the Alabama of last year, the Alabama of 2020, or any other – team that Nick Saban has led to the national championship that has been an elite team. This Alabama team is not elite. They are not the best in the country. And what Nick Saban appreciates so much about this team is their ability to keep fighting, keep grinding, keep getting it going to where they still have a chance to win 
at the end of the game. And their defense uh, won on the LSU game. Their defense kept them in this game since Jameson Williams went out uh, with the targeting. Brian Robinson went out uh, with the hamstring injury. And Alabama somehow, someway still found a way to win the Iron Bowl. Obviously, it took Tank Bigsby stepping out of bounds. And, and the freshman wide receiver, Ja'Cory Brooks, we've been talking about the, how Alabama needed the freshman receivers to step up. And Ja'Cory Brooks really, really stepped up. Uh, in the game on Saturday. So all the credit to him because he only had two catches leading into the game, and then he had two on the final drive. So all the credit to him and all the credit to Bryce Young uh, for what he's been doing this season because only two catches for Ja'Cory Brooks. Obviously, the the chemistry you would think was not there uh, very long before uh, Ja'Cory Brooks really started to come on. So what a year. Uh, it has been for Bryce Young, and and who's congrats to Ja'Cory Brooks for really stepping up. We've been talking about the freshman receivers for Alabama, and Alabama's defense, uh, they they really stepped up, not only in the LSU game, but in the Iron Bowl, keeping them in it, keeping them strong. And, and Nick Saban knows that this team is not elite, but yet he this Alabama team is down compared to a lot of the other teams of Alabama in the past. But Nick Saban knows that, and and he knows that his team uh, fought their guts out on Saturday because they had 11 penalties in the game for over 120 yards. They were 8 of 22 on third down, and yet they still found a way to win. So all the credit uh, to Alabama and, and Coach Saban, and they roll into the FCC championship game against Georgia, 11-1, and going to have a crunch time preview on game day for that. So look out for that on Saturday leading in to the coverage. So, Crunch time preview of Alabama and Georgia SEC championship game on Saturday morning. So look out for that because got a lot of a lot of facets of the game to break down. It's hard to envision uh, how Alabama's going to have any success on offense, but got a couple ideas. So make sure you uh, tune in for the crunch time preview for that. That's why you need to be subscribed on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And before I move on to Ohio State, Michigan. I did want to say thank you for tuning in to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Still 95% of our viewers still aren't subscribed. So subscribe to the Crunch Time Plays YouTube channel. Absolutely free to do that. Button right below you. Hit subscribe. It just helps us out with what we want to do right here on Crunch Time Plays. So thankful for all of you for tuning in. And so thankful to everybody who's been following on social media. We've had a, a splurge of, of new followers as the Recruiting cycle uh, has really gotten into full speed. We're two weeks away from the early signing period, and all the recruiting graphics have been going out. The graphics department's doing an incredible job on those. Everybody seems to love those, so thank you so much uh, for liking it and sharing all of those. It really means a lot, and we're reaching a heck of a lot more people because of you. Uh, word of mouth and sharing us on social media, those are the two fastest ways for us to grow. So tell a friend about the show. And keep sharing us on social media. Make sure you're following, if you're not already, at Plays Crunch on Twitter and Instagram to get all the recruiting news and to get all the coaching graphics and all that as well because the coaching carousel is in full swing. So thank you so much for doing all of that. And the final few games that we had to break down here, obviously Ohio State and Michigan, the game, and Michigan just bullies around Ohio State 42 to, to 27. And really, it wasn't even that close. And 
the way Michigan dominated the line of scrimmage, Hassan Haskins, as we pull up the crunch time players here, Hassan Haskins from Michigan, the way he was able to run the football, him and Hassan Haskins and Aiden Hutchinson on the, on the defensive side of the ball, the defensive end, they lead this. Hey, they have led this team all year and they said that we're not losing to Ohio state today on Saturday. And what a performance by that offensive line in the weather, Michigan handled the snow so much better than Ohio state did. And, and they really just ran the ball up and down their throat and Ohio state just didn't have any answer for Michigan on offense. So, all the credit to Jim Harbaugh, all the credit to Michigan for that win. And now they go to the Big Ten Championship game to face Iowa. And they have a spot in the college football playoff awaiting them in the wings if they're able to get that win on Saturday against Iowa. So a lot of credit to Hassan Haskins for being the crunch time player. Michigan offensive line and Aiden Hutchinson on the defense for really leading this team. And so much credit to Michigan. It's a big time win for Jim Harbaugh because they finally got the monkey off his back, finally beat either Michigan State or Ohio State. It's a huge win for him. How about Bedlam? Oklahoma State now finds themselves in the Big 12 championship game with a 37-33 win over Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley, obviously the big bombshell news is him going to USC. Going to have a crunch time reaction to that. All the coaching news, stay tuned. On YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're going to have our reaction to all of those, all of these moves. Brian Kelly to LSU, Brent Pry to Virginia Tech, Billy Napier to Florida, Lincoln Riley to USC. So many college coaching carousel news to get to. So we're going to get to all that. We're going to have separate uh, episodes for all those, breaking down all those hires. So make sure you tune in for those because I think you're, you're really going to enjoy that. But Oklahoma State, now finds themselves fifth in the college football playoff rankings. And if they win the Big 12, I don't know if I don't know if they're gonna get in or not. Uh, it really just depends on what Cincinnati does against Houston. If Cincinnati wins convincingly, I believe Cincinnati's gonna be in. But but if Cincinnati doesn't win convincingly against Houston, or or if now obviously if Houston beats Cincinnati, then Oklahoma State's gonna find themselves in to the playoff. Uh, if if they beat Baylor on Saturday, but looking ahead, so many a great opportunity for Oklahoma State to win the Big 12 this week against Baylor. And the final game that I wanted to touch on was Michigan State and Penn State. Michigan State beats Penn State 30 to 27. And the reason I wanted to touch on this game is I wanted to touch on Mel Tucker for just a second. Obviously, so much criticism of him after. Uh, the 10-year, $95 million extension that he signed and then goes out and gets drugged by Ohio State uh, in the in that game, in that huge game, in the shoe. And it would have been easy for – obviously everybody is, is ragging on Mel Tucker after that game. And it would have been very easy to, to fold in the towel if you were Mel Tucker at Michigan State uh, on the season, especially with the – the flu that was going around during the week, uh, during Penn State week. But Mel Tucker, a lot of people I don't think really appreciate what he did this year because and what that team did this year because of how their expectations changed whenever they were 9-0 and 
leading into that game against Michigan. But all the credit to Mel Tucker and Michigan State, 10 and 2 Michigan State. And the over under in Vegas in the preseason was, I think, five and a half wins or five wins, something like that. And they far exceeded that by five games. And so, what a season it was for from Mel Tucker and Michigan State. And the, and it just shows you that, and it's kind of like what we're talking about with Sart, what Sart needs to do at Texas. Mel Tucker and Michigan State, they went out and added almost 35, 40 players from the portal this past spring, this past summer. And what a difference that made for their team. How easy it is if you can get the right players in from the transfer portal. Not easy is probably not the right word, but how monumental it can be for your program if you get the right transfer portal pieces to go with the mix of what you already have on your roster. And Michigan State did that. Obviously, Kenneth Walker was the huge addition uh, that everybody knows about. But Mel Tucker absolutely uh, deserved uh, that extension. He He's worth whatever Michigan State says he's worth to them. And you can argue that he's not worth 10-year, $95 million, but you know, he's he's worth whatever uh, the market says that he's worth. And the market says that he's worth a uh, 10-year, $95 million extension for Michigan State. So, so that's what Mel Tucker's worth, and and he deserves it. And congratulations to him, and congratulations to Michigan State on an incredible season. The way they were able to work the portal, were able to, the way they were able to work recruiting, what a year it was. Ten and two uh, when the Vegas over under for wins was four and a half, five uh, at the end at the beginning of the season. So all the credit to Mel Tucker, and that was the reason why I wanted to hit on that game was just to just to talk about Mel Tucker. Uh, for a second, but missed on a couple of the crunch time players earlier. So I did want to throw the crunch time players back up here. And LSU, they knock off Texas A&M 27 to 24. Coach O goes out with a bang. Brian Kelly is their new coach now in Baton Rouge. And it would have been easy for all those players to fold in the towel, but they didn't. Uh, they come out and beat Texas A&M 27, 24 to send Coach O off the right way. And as we take a look at the crunch time players, Jare Jenkins, the wide receiver from LSU, two touchdown catches and the winning touchdown catch for LSU from Max Johnson. So Jare Jenkins, crunch time player for LSU uh, in that game against Texas A&M. Did want to touch on, we hit on Snoop Connor earlier, the two touchdowns against Mississippi State, the power of that speed and power combo. It says Snoop Connor's a crunch time player. Emeka Amezi, the wide receiver from NC State, he is a crunch time player as well. Scored the final two touchdowns for NC State as they come back and defeat uh, North Carolina on Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving. They end up coming back and winning that game uh, through insurmountable odds. We hit on Hassan Haskins earlier. What a day he had. Five touchdowns on the ground for Hassan Haskins for Michigan in that game against Ohio State. And we talked about what that means for Michigan. And Bryce Young, did, forgot to hit on Bryce Young being a crunch time player. Kind of alluded to the type of season and the type of game that he had, but forgot to mention him as a crunch time player for week 13 of the performance that he had, uh, not only leading his team down on that final drive, but those those uh, 
passes for touchdowns and two-point conversions in the overtimes. Uh, the, what, are the, what, what throws those were. Um, and Bryce Young has just played uh, incredibly this year, especially when you think about how uh, bad that Alabama offensive line has been at times. Uh, the receivers haven't really stepped up outside of Jamison Williams. Mechie, of course, is a constant. But if you think about the year that Bryce Young has had, he's had a really, really awesome year. And he's a crunch time player for, for his performance in the Iron Bowl. And with that, that's going to wrap up our crunch time recap. Hope it was worth your while. College football week 13, championship week this week. Seems like not many people are really talking about the championship games because of all the coaching carousel moves and all the recruiting news that's out there. But we're going to have that SEC championship game crunch time preview for you on Saturday morning. So leading into the game, if you're hyped up for the SEC championship game, make sure to listen to us right here on Crunch Time Plays on Saturday morning. And you're going to have that crunch time preview as well as our prize picks player props for the game. You give a shout out to prize picks as we in number one daily fantasy sports app. All this, the coaching carousel means that you're going to have a lot of new players at, at team at schools next year. And that just means more prize picks player props uh, next year in college football, which we're really looking forward to. Hope everybody has followed along with our picks. This year, it's been really incredible having prize picks on and being able to, to give you our prize picks player props every week. They're the number one daily fantasy sports app. They got anything you want. NFL, if you want the player props for the championship games in college football this weekend, make sure you go ahead and get on those. And then the NBA is back in full swing as well. So all the prize picks player props that you want on prizepicks.com, the number one daily fantasy sports app. Player over-unders, and those are the, that's the move. Fantasy over-unders, yardage over-unders, those are the moves on prizepicks.com. So appreciate them being a partner with the show and appreciate uh, you patronizing them as being a loyal watcher, listener to Crunch Time Play. Certainly appreciate that. And, and they've got the special going on right now. If you sign up, you use the code Crunch Time Plays, you automatically get a 100% deposit match up to a $100 deposit. So you'll have $200 to spend on player props, and you're going to win big if you've been following uh, what we've been doing on Crunch Time Plays this year so far. So thank you so much for, for watching and listening. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Crunch Time Plays with your host, Bennett Ganey. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Plays Crunch on Twitter and Instagram.